0: Commits, Camps, and Cousins. It's a jam-packed podcast as we navel-gaze in celebration of our 100th episode. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined, of course, by the man... At the hundredth percentile for Lank, <laughs> Kevin Grek. greckers how
1: are you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm also at the hundredth percentile for Scotch right now. That's a little callback hey. three episodes ago. So it's a it's a party though. We should celebrate. Truly, we a hundred e- episodes is a that's an accomplishment.
0: It's a big moment. It's a big moment. And so we of course want to thank you for listening to the podcast. If we could ask a small favor, please share the pod with Spartans in your life. I can't. Alex Plum is also back from his road trip. Alex Plum, how are you doing, buddy?
2: My dog has 100% less uterus, you guys. (laughs) Big day. So much going on. Big day. Banner day for Yali.
0: (laughs) Banner day. Um... And uh, we'll, you know, we'll get into your shenanigans as the show goes on. Um, but yes, of course, rate, review, and subscribe uh, to the podcast wherever you get podcasts. Uh, and follow us on the old Twitter machine, at Spartan underscore pod. All right, guys. I'm not going to pass this to Plum because he's out of practice. But, Greg, give the breakdown of the show.
1: Uh, no, I will pass this to Plum. I want to see how he does with his first assignment back after his <laughs> long vacation.
2: Um, The show begins with the green well, wall, fuck. Uh, It starts with football, which is a sport. And then it goes to basketball, another popular sport played by athletes. And then Bill Beekman. Next, we head off Grand River, where is a street in East Lansing, to talk about other sport. Finally, we preview teams of the ones you like to listen to. And then your Twitter questions, the end.
1: Oh God! All right, it went about as well as his uh, his attempts to get in and update the outline. Yes, uh, oh my God! <laughs> Two hours ago, keeping it one hundred <laughs> times six times six. All right, uh,
0: <laughs> let's happen. let's start with going behind the green wall, where um, you know it, lots going on. Uh, we've got some staff shakeups to talk about. We've got a big announcement on a, a guest speaker that's coming. Of course, there's fall camp and plenty of storylines coming out of fall camp. Um,
1: Plum, don't be triggered. We're talking about an actual camp. Uh, Uh, Also, uh, I like the way you say big announcement, like we're breaking a story. (laughs) There's a big announcement. Uh, If you stay to hour two, there's a big (laughs) announcement. We're going to have that at 2.05
0: p.m. Tell me what you think it is in the comments. Uh, So no, But the big news of the week is that Jared Mangum... Uh, a consensus four-star recruit out of Franklin, Michigan has committed to the Spartans, uh, making it seemingly the third consensus four-star recruit in as many weeks, maybe a little bit more. And importantly, uh, the third from the state of Michigan, Mm -hmm. um, so, Greg, uh, tell us about Jared, and are you fully eating crow at this point in time? How are you feeling on the, on the recruiting train?
1: I was prepared for the second part of the question. So, I'll start with Mr. Mangum. Six three, one eighty five, 185, uh, number seven recruit in Michigan, as you said, 15th overall athlete in the country. That is, on paper, what he's being uh, recruited as, although I think we presume safety, right? Yeah. Something like that. Uh, Recruited by Harlan Burnett and Courtney Hawkins. Um, So there's word that he's going to play on either side of the ball, but of course he'll, he'll just end up in the secondary. I think, I, I think it seems likely to me if I were him, that's where I would want to fall because that's where the PT is. There's a little bit of a log jam right now at wide receiver. So if you can make contributions on that side of the ball, that's where I would go if I were I
2: used to I used to play either side of the ball, but at some point you just have to be honest with you. You have to
1: just make a decision.
2: You gotta make you know? a decision.
1: <laughs> that's not that's not the right I didn't you you <laughs> have yep, to yep, accept yep. you have to <laughs> accept what side of the ball you were born with is what has to happen. Right? Wow. wow. I'm a monster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Great. Uh so what about the second half of the Let's talk question? about
1: camps? <laughs>
0: Greg, let's talk about: Are you eating crow or not? This is, right. it is it is fair to say, um, you know, this is three consensus four stars. It seems very likely Kaden is going to become a four uh, mm-hmm. four star eventually. Um, but you know, I I really think it's important too that these dudes all came from the state of Michigan because there was some worry that Mel Tucker wasn't able to recruit the state of Michigan yeah. or that was lagging.
1: I mean, Kaden is already a four star across the services that. Update their rankings or bother yes. to care at all. So, yeah. So, what I, my position had always been we hadn't seen it yet with Mel Tucker. And I, maybe it's Eden Crow, maybe it's an acknowledgement. I think you have to acknowledge at this point that there is definitely some momentum. Things have changed since he's been able to have guys on campus. Uh, things have changed just in terms of who appears to be considering the program. So, I, yeah. um, I, I absolutely need to acknowledge it doesn't take away from the arguments that I made before about D'Antonio and some, some of the ways that the narrative has changed on him. Um, But uh, I, uh, I think, yeah, absolutely. This is a really good indicator for what Mel Tucker could be capable of moving forward. Yeah. It seems maybe there's,
0: you know, there's some smoke here, you know, Mm -hmm. Mel Tucker being hired, to recruit, you know, it's, it seems like even considering what he's done in this year, you know, with all, with having sort of a backlog of barrier in place because of COVID, this is still, you know, it's, I think technically the 15th overall class in the nation right now, that's not going to last for anyone who's celebrating that stat. Um, It is because we have 19 commits. um, So it it is definitely going to drop,
1: but um, it's still, still nice. Um, the last well, thing I want to make sure we talk about on the subject is because we're moving on from football after this, right? Or no, we're going to go through, go ahead, Plum, go ahead.
0: Plum, well, you've spent, you've spent, uh, your, your time traveling the country, listening to Greg and I, uh, argue about this a bit. Um, where did you land on this and, and how are you feeling about momentum within the program as it relates to, um, the, you know, verbal commitments of, of 16 and 17 year old young men?
2: I'm first uh, floored and amazed you didn't use the word boys there, but I guess it shows that um, even even us, uh, recovering lawyers can grow. <laughs> we should both be proud about. Um, <clears throat> I think um, I, I have to say I'm surprised. I think I, and also, I think it also betrays a lot about how little I truly understand the recruiting process. Um, I would be interested to get someone who's smarter than I am's perspective on name, image, and likeness and how. These recent laws have seemingly also coincided with a flurry of four star commits. I imagine that this is just coincidence um, because I don't understand necessarily what maybe what the impact of the law could could have been on on player decision making. Um, but it felt like when I was on last, you know, we were kind of staring down the barrel of a season where we we were going to, you know, maybe have one, you know, four star and and sort of trying to figure out well. Not making apologies for what Mel Tucker's second season, first, you know, full recruited team season was going to be like. Uh, But now we're looking at something that continues to make me excited about the program. So I don't know. I mean, is there is there a connection to name, image and likeness here? Is this just coincidence? And um, I don't know. I, I continue to get very excited about what the team I think is going to be able to do this fall.
0: So I think that's an interesting question that we can put a pin in until we talk about some other camps coming up here. Um, because certainly in basketball, that may be a bit more of an interesting conversation. Um, but you know, we, we did talk about how Nick Saban's talking about his quarterback who I don't think has played a snap already has a million dollars in, in deals. So, right. um, you know, uh, I guess, Kevin, do you think there's anything to the notion that there is more availability potentially for playing time at Michigan state and that's a selling point?
1: Sure. Yeah. Especially in the transfer portal. Uh, I think that's a consensus is when Tuck was selling MSU in the transfer portal, it was about available playing time. That's really important there. Um, So maybe that extends to name, image, and likeness. I don't think any of these recent commitments have mentioned name, image, and likeness in their reasons for committing to MSU recently. I could be mistaken about that, but I don't, that didn't stand out to me for any of those. So I think it's something that we just kind of don't know entirely yet how it's going to shake out sure um well, let's uh chat
0: very briefly about some of the storylines coming out of the fall camp for football um obviously, there's a quarterback competition that i mean i don't I don't anticipate that we're gonna know anything until the the week of the game um though it does seem like both Anthony Russo and Peyton Thorne continue to get reps with the ones mm-hmm. um, or, you know, we're splitting reps evenly. The, the thing that was interesting to me finding out, well, I guess two things. It, one, it seems like Quavarius Crouch is almost certainly going to be a starter at the linebacker spot. Um, the other thing that's interesting is that Jarrett Horst, the Arkansas state transfer um, appears that he'll be playing left tackle and AJR Curry, who's, what it seems like an eight-year starter at this point in time, will be moving <laughs> over to right tackle. Uh, just, you know, Despite having a successful season last year at left tackle, um, I imagine that's because AJ probably knows the system a bit better than sure. Jarrett Horst, and so you keep Jarrett sort of in his lane. AJ's already with...
1: used to jumping around in between positions, so...
0: <laughs> yes, that's fair. What's one more? What's one more? So, uh, you know, uh, otherwise... It's great to have the video clips back. It's a really dumb talking point for the podcast, but I'm getting
1: pretty energized for football season. These truly must be seen to be believed, you guys. (laughs) Stop doing what you're doing on your phone right now and go find those video clips. From your Michigan State Spartans. Um, All right, next
0: up, Staff Jacobs. So two things. One, we picked up a person whose title is merely recruiting. Uh, named Jensen Gebhard, who is following Saeed Khalif from Wisconsin. Um, This would be the third Wisconsin poach we've had in two years.
1: Because when I think good recruiting, I think Wisconsin. Oh, well, you do know that it's true, though. I mean, the results are there. And that
0: they finished with the 16th ranked class last year
3: Mm. in the country.
1: Their highest that ranked class ever. Happen. Yeah, I was going to say that doesn't usually happen. So, um, and also, I mean, that's the program that Tuck knows best. You know, he's taking from his own team. Yeah.
0: So. I wonder how that feels. Uh, and then Lisa Benchame, uh, who is MSU's on campus recruiting coordinator, has left MSU um, without much explanation as to why. Um, Obviously wishing her well, it's I can't imagine that the last year or two has been easy to be an on campus recruiting coordinator mm-hmm. um but it does this is what the third departure in Tucker's second season um yeah that um, all seem to be related to recruiting,
1: yeah, I mean we i I presume she's going on to some other kind of role, she seemed really active, she seemed good um but this is not going to be your Mark D'Antonio's recruiting staff. I mean, we are going to see these people come and go. That's just sort of the way of college football these days. It's also a little bit of a perception thing. Like if you go look at the staff pages now for the football building, there's like 30 more names than there used to be. So yeah. that's 30 more opportunities for shakeups. But um, the the days of the perceived Antonio church buddy, you know, kind of permanently a member of the staff, no matter what, those are long gone, I think.
0: Yes. Uh, and, and it does seem like, and I, I don't know that this is the case with Lisa Van Chame, but it certainly has been said of some of the other departures that, um that Mel Tucker just may make decisions about when a time, need when, you know, when things need to be changed up. Um, and so it's, you know, to your point about buddies may just be a shorter leash for some people. Again, don't know that about Lisa, but, um, all right, last up guys, uh, plum, we've talked about her before on the podcast, but it, uh, there was an announcement that went out that Brenda Tracy is going to come speak with the football team. Um, can you fill folks in a bit about what Brenda's background is and, and why this is a big deal?
2: Yeah, Brenda Tracy is um, unlike anyone we've ever had before come speak to the same... Actually, I don't know if that's true. I probably should take this seriously. Um, No, Brenda Tracy is um, uh, a... a, I don't know if I want to say a motivational speaker. I I guess maybe that's probably not quite right. Um, She is a speaker anyway. She's a person who has experienced some pretty significant trauma in her life. Um, I believe the... Well, the phrase she uses, I think... um, publicly is she is the survivor of uh, a sexual experience that she describes as a gang rape. So, um, she's, uh, works in healthcare. She's a nurse. Um, she's founded, I think an NGO that, that, um, talks a lot about consent and, um, empowering women to use their voice and to use their bodies to, um, you know, be safe, feel safe, um, assert themselves and have uh, authentic experiences which are true to themselves and, and respect their boundaries. And, um, in light of the um you know all of the the sexual assault trauma that's occurred at Michigan State um, in the athletics program uh, including football um I think it is incredibly um forward thinking that Mel Tucker is using his platform and um, inviting uh, inviting Brenda Tracy to come in to speak to the football team uh, to talk to our our uh, our our athletes about what leadership looks like um to hear about um a, a, an experience that happened to this woman that she survived um, and to hear that firsthand and, uh, and to help contextualize their own experiences and how they can, um, how they can, can lead in the fight against sexual violence, what their responsibilities are to be allies. And I, I think that's, uh, it's profound, profound.
0: Yeah, this is a, this is a, a big speaker. And and I would also add in case anyone's interested um, that she is advocated for what is dubbed the Tracy rule, um, which it has to do with um, when student athletes are um, let go from their team and uh, uh, and seek to transfer to another school, um, having been involved in, um, in violent or, or sexual assault um, incidences, uh, and and essentially requires a Title IX coordinator um, at previous colleges to sign a form stating. You know the extent or or the veracity of whether the the student athlete was involved in any such uh, instance um, because of course, you know, I think we've talked about on the pod, well, we've talked about that on the pod, and so it's worth it, you know if anyone's interested in that cause looking into, but you know, I think we've had we've taken issue, greg uh, with the the Detroit news um and sort of glorifying someone who actually probably under the Tracy rule shouldn't be allowed to be playing college sports any longer. Yeah. Um, But, you know, was instead given a a rehab piece. Mm.
1: For some (laughs) reason that I will never understand. Yeah. Thanks,
0: Tony. Um, Anyway, anything else we want to say about Tracy? Or Brenda
1: Tracy, sorry.
2: She's doing great work and uh, Godspeed and welcome to East Lansing. Um, Godspeed. Uh, This
1: happens next week, I believe. Yeah, the
2: Uh, the 14th. 14th. Yeah, it's coming up.
1: Okay. End of this week. Um, last thing on football that I wanted to talk about was I made sure to watch the, uh, the press conference after the first, Ooh. after the first practice, which one, um, the one that he did right after he came off the field. Okay. And it reminded me of all of the reasons that we talked about last year. Uh, and then what plum just referenced earlier about why there's reason to be excited about Mel Tucker. In the long term, it was very process oriented. He had a clear point of view. It was obvious that he knew what, you know, he had a a full plan and was executing on that plan. And uh, again, as I am so often, even though he's not a traditionally great public speaker, I was impressed by the way that he outlined his approach to the game. Um, So. Yeah, I also think that Mel Tucker has gotten better in
0: press conferences that aren't event-based press conferences. Yeah,
1: that are just sort of the people he's used to seeing under regular circumstances. Yes, he's fantastic
0: in those, you you know, you really get a sense of what he believes. And and oftentimes, yes, it's in in coach speak cliches. Though I think he does an okay job of, of acknowledging when those are mantras that he actually believes versus... I hate to be to, to be a coach on you mm-hmm. um which I appreciate that candor. Um I also uh, I watched Anthony Russo's press conference in case anyone cares. Mm-hmm. Um and it was I I was I was uh, taken by his clear confidence in himself. Yeah. And you know the acknowledgement that I didn't come here to sit. Um and which which you know it wasn't undiplomatic the way he said it but it was to the point um and i i think that's good it it sounds like you know whether he ends up being the starter or not that that it is uh some good competition and those guys are both trying really hard
1: Um, he was also asked uh what it was like his experience as a transfer and I don't know what guys usually say under those circumstances but he did say that he only felt like a transfer for 2 weeks and then he felt like he was part of the team and he was playing for a job. So you know uh that was something that keeps coming up again and again in Mel Tucker's press conferences. Um I don't know what people are waiting for him to say on this subject but it it seems like they seem to think that there is a cohesion between all of the transfers and that the team widely.
0: So it kind of seems like they said, do you want to win here to the current roster? And if the answer was, no, I want to play. They were like, here's the door then, because Mm -hmm. you know, it, it seems that there's genuine enthusiasm for a lot of the guys who transferred in. I think Connor Hayward at one point in time, um, Gave a fake press con- uh, press question to uh, uh, to Kenneth Walker, someone who's decidedly taking his playing time by a lot, and and so there seems to be genuine camaraderie there. Of you know, I just want to win, and we brought in dudes that are going to help us win. Mm-hmm. So I think that's great. Anyway, um, basketball, football, another sport, more football, more football. Can't play. wait for, play for more football. Yes, basketball. Uh, Kevin, there's a commit. You have opinions on this commit.
1: Yeah. Trey Holloman composite four-star top hundred player class of 2022 number one player in Minnesota. Um, and, uh, would be, uh, Mel Tucker's fifth best football recruit if he was ever going to play football, which he's not. Um, so, uh, a lot of excitement about this guy. In fact, the consensus seems to be that he's a prototypical ISO point guard. Um, Willing defender, great passer, uh, has some mid-range game, can get to the hoop. Um, Good free throw shooter. Leaves a little bit to be desired from behind the stripe. Um, You mean the arc? Yeah, behind the arc. The stripe is where the free throws happen, and he's fine (laughs) there. Um, So, uh, very exciting. You know, it's good to be on the board with the 2022 class. And uh, this is a great cornerstone for that class um and someone that you know we will be seeing in the green and white for some time i mean i think you can say with some level of confidence that this is the point guard of the future at msu
3: yeah uh because uh why am i blanking on who they brought in as a point guard this year
1: well there were okay. some there's some combo guardifications.
0: Oh sure. Yes.
1: Um Jaden
0: Akins, that's who yeah, I'm Akins yes. is who you're referring yes. to. Yes, who probably will slide over to play the two after uh or or just have two we've had two people bring him up uh bring the ball up before. Um mm-hmm. Corey uh, uh and Kalen played together.
1: Right? Yeah. For a while. Yeah. For a very short period of time. And you and Plum also, were probably
0: there together all the time.
1: Corey Lucius was not on the team for very long. <laughs> that's also fair. Okay. All right. Remember how Corey Lucius, other than that shot against, uh, Maryland in the sweet 16, I don't think about Corey Lucius really at all.
3: <laughs> he
1: true. and, uh, Draymond green were kind of like bros though. From what I recall, they were like kind of best friends on the team. Yeah. Do you think they, they still are? Yeah. I bet they hang out all the time. <laughs> I bet Corey Lucius was in Tokyo. Uh, all right. Well, so, uh,
0: it's nice to be on the board to your point. Uh, 2022, I think some of the commits are going to come in a little bit later. Um, just as, as kids are, are, doing their official visits as the season gets on. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's a number of targets that MSU still has on the board, but, um, Plum, it's time to talk about camps.
2: You know, I came back because I felt like I owed you guys something and then this is how you treat me. Um, we're hazing you.
0: <laughs> of course, uh, we, are, we were referencing Imani Bates, who announced his final four for where he may end up next year, um, naming the G League, Oregon, Memphis, and your Michigan State Spartans. Imani Bates will be reclassifying into the class of 2021, where he's apparently now the fifth-ranked recruit in that class. Um, crystal Balls have come in for Memphis. Uh, is that true?
1: I haven't seen this.
0: Yeah, they did. Okay. Um, I'm gonna double double check on that, but I'm 99. It's all right, I'll take your word for it.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, uh, but from what I have seen from a couple insiders, Izzo is engaged on this. So Izzo is full bore contacting the Bates camp, asking to have a camp with the Bates camp, camping around. So, yeah.
0: Uh I heard someone just say that they had uh they they had a bit of a phone call trying to mend fences. Um don't know if that's true or not. But I so what do we think, you know, first of all I have a hard time believing that he's going to come in in the 2021 class. Uh we're not going to have to wait very long because classes start in 2 weeks. 2 weeks?
1: Less than that maybe? I don't know.
0: Um and there's Still the ongoing issue potentially with him and Jay Nakins. Um,
1: but the fact is that MSU has continued to be in his short list and they're there for a reason. Sure. So I, I don't know. It seems the this whole Penny Hardaway Memphis situation with Jalen Duran, or, or for those who don't know, Jalen Duran is the number
0: one re- recruit in the class of 2021 uh i'm not sure that that's accurate then he was 2022 and then re reclassified to oh
1: man everyone's moving to 2021 2021 stacked yep so um
0: do well i don't want to you know the kids doing
1: we can move on
0: yeah we
1: We can move on like how many times do we have to there that's all the information that we have
0: yes fair point all right Plum, let's talk about athletic directors. This is surely something that you can get excited about. Billy Hello. Billy Brinkstruck Beekman has decided that he's going to depart from Michigan State University um, as athletic director to return to a money counting role.
1: So right. this was always in this contract that he signed to become athletic director. There was always this clause where right. he it was a five-year contract if if i remember correctly and it was always written in there that if he was removed as athletic director there was this within three years yes there was this um role for him so this is basically just sort of playing unless i'm mistaken and please do point this out to us on twitter because i I'm just operating from memory on his contract. I didn't look at it in advance of this because I'm, you know, awful. Um, but it, this is basically playing directly to the uh, to the timeline that was outlined in his contract originally when he signed it. So, yeah, this golden parachute was always there. We knew this was going to happen if he was an athletic director throughout. I got to imagine
0: that it may have happened earlier, but. COVID and he's Mm -hmm. good at the monies. Mm -hmm. So when you're facing a massive deficit, like that's not a bad thing. Right. And then you've got, um, you know, president Stanley had a number of other more important roles that he needed to fill. Mm -hmm. So it would also make sense that those things needed to get wrapped up first.
2: Well, and the guy landed Mel Tucker. I mean, that's true. I don't know. Listen. No one can make the 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 a compelling case that Bill Beekman should ever have been the athletic di- uh, athletic director in any normal department. And unfortunately, this is not an, a normal department. At least it wasn't when they needed a trusted body to mm-hmm. step in. I hadn't realized looking at the timeline that it was actually John Engler's doing, mm-hmm. and that that actually speaks volumes. John Engler never should have been the president of Michigan State University. And he came in in an emergency and what was a terrible decision on the part of the board of trustees. Um, He didn't give a fuck. And so he gave it to Beekman because everyone on the board knew Beekman. Beekman at the time was a vice president and secretary of the board of trustees. Mm -hmm. So I think all things considered, Bill Beekman never wanted to be the athletic director. He, out of a love for Michigan State University, stepped into a position that he was not skilled at, that he had no background or training in, that he probably had never expressed any interest in ever serving. And he did so for love of the university because they needed him to. And I think all things considered, he's done a fantastic job. No one is perfect. Uh, The swimming and and diving decision was an imperfect decision, but one made of imperfect options, no doubt. So good for Bill Bigman. I'm glad that he has this parachute built in. He deserves it. He deserves to have a role more fitting to his station and his training and his background. And the university now deserves a leader who can come in, and uh, with a better culture in place, more accountability, more financial structure, um, more integration with the decision-making processes of uh, a reputable organization that doesn't let this kind of sexual bullshit continue to happen, um, we're, we're ready to we're ready to grow from. Whether it's Alan Haller or someone else, um, thank you, Bill Beekman. You've served the university well. We're grateful for you and your ill-fitting suits. Thanks for landing us, Mel, and um, on to a cushy not VP of strategic initiatives. I want that job. It means nothing. nothing. <laughs> he gets a huge office, a fat salary, and he can roll in in his ill fitting suits whenever the hell he wants. Good job, Bill. You earned it.
1: A couple of uh, things just to build off that. One, I don't think they make a suit for Bill Beekman. I don't know how you make a suit fit him well. So um, there's one. Two, I, just to make your point, Plum, I think Bill Beekman agreed with you in his opening press conference of like, no one ever, ever thought I'd be athletic director. <laughs> My buddies from college are gobsmacked right now. So I, uh,
0: I think Bill Beekman. Importantly, you know, I, I think it's good that he's gone. You know, I don't think that it, it, it made sense to have an angler appointee, um, and someone who was that tied to the board during that mm-hmm. time continue to be in that position of power. I, I don't disagree with Plum or or negotiate, the way Bill negotiated his contract that he should be able to kind of return to his previous job when he took on a thing that essentially became a palate cleanser. You know, Michigan State, if, at the time that they would have had to have done that search, you would not have been able to get a good candidate for this job. Even though in the grand scheme of college athletics, the athletic director at Michigan State is a better than it is a better job than it is a, for the football coach. I think the AD at Michigan state is a top 15, top 20 job. Sure. And, but you know, in, in those years, you couldn't, you couldn't get the person who would be deserving of that kind of a job.
3: Mm-hmm. So,
0: you know, uh, Bill, I think, yes, I'm happy for him, I guess, but I, I do think it makes sense that we've moved on from that era. Um, and, and find someone new, which brings us to the question of does anyone have an opinion on internal versus external? Because it seems every football and basketball player really wants Alan Haller.
1: Well, we're fortunate that we've already talked about Alan Haller on the podcast. We we called this out a couple of weeks ago. Um, I uh, Plum, I invite you to disagree with this. I think Alan Heller is probably a really nice guy. I think he probably, if he decides to stay at MSU, he deserves some kind of small, like, ceremonial bump in terms of, you know, title and in pay if he decides to stay on. But um, I don't think you can make this hire internally. I think you have to go outside of the athletic department for this next athletic director.
2: I don't think that's unfair. I, um, there's been a pretty big Twitter um, uh, campaign
3: mm-hmm. in
2: of players, favor of yeah. Alan Haller, of uh, former players. It, it, it's um, Do we think Izzo's the one doing this, though? Oh, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. In, in you don't no, think
0: Izzo's like, I want Alan
1: Haller? Izzo has entirely his own means of telling people that he wants Alan Haller. If he wants Alan that's Haller,
0: fair, that's fair. That's fair.
1: Izzo doesn't need to do this cloak and dagger through social media thing.
0: That's fair. That's fair. But you know, he wants Alan Haller. I I don't know that. Oh, I see. I, I assume that Tom Izzo wants to be able to pick his own replacement. And that if it's an internal person, Tom Izzo believes that he would be able to pick his own replacement.
1: I think Tom Izzo knows he's picking his own replacement.
0: Regardless. <laughs> okay. All
3: right. Yeah.
2: Regardless is correct. Um, <laughs> But that well, is
1: the job of the next AD almost certainly. No. Tom Izzo I don't know this. I just know that <laughs> Tom Izzo has relationships on the board and the board is going to make is going to let him choose his own successor.
3: Yeah.
0: Fine, but my point is that whoever the next AD is almost certainly will be the AD when Tom Izzo's successor needs to be picked.
1: Sure. But that person is going to be one of several voices. That person is not hiring Tom Izzo's successor. Okay. They're, they're going to be in the room when the decision is made. <laughs> they,
0: they will watch as Tom decides. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that students. might be a reason why someone doesn't want the job, honestly.
2: Mm. That's a good point.
1: But yeah. in the meantime, you've got Tom Izzo as one of your coaches. So it's like... And
0: you've got Mel Tucker locked up on a six-year deal that, you know... you you can't be responsible for.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, You've just purged a program. So you're probably going to be sued the day you start, but like, you know, whatever. That comes with the turf, I assume. These days. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm with you. I think external is is the right way to go, though.
1: That said, though, you know, if you evaluate all the candidates, uh, we won't know this, but if they actually go through a full, robust... Process and it's determined that Alan Haller is the best candidate. Then that's great, but I want to hear about some external candidates being interviewed. Yeah, I don't want this to just be John Engler walks into Bill Beekman's office and surprises him with the AD job. That garbage, we can't have that again.
0: No, particularly, you know, it's hard not to look back at at some of the exciting and innovating things that were being done under the previous AD and, and not want that kind of thinking to come about again. Mm -hmm. I just, there's not a reason for me to believe that there's someone in, in the athletic department that's got that. And maybe that's because the, the culture sort of rolls down from Beekman and you get lumped in by association Mm -hmm. though. I guess if they picked Kevin Pauga, I'd be excited about that, but you know, anyway, um, all right, off Grand River. All right, someone else. Someone else lead the discussion here.
1: I'm tired of talking. Plum, have you been? Have you, have you been watching the Olympics? Did you watch any Olympics? I basketball? listened
2: to how you talked about the Olympics uh, last week, and I was bothered by it. It didn't give feel, us your minute of hate. It didn't feel very American. It felt a little un-American. In fact, I expected. For I remember you talking about how you set up televisions upon television you bought a television with a television inside of it so that you could watch uh uh, merch madness every game ever you 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 were streaming games when these players were playing aau ball while you were watching them play in college that's how interested you were in this and you couldn't carve out time from your measly life i know what your life is like i know what you do with your days you couldn't, engineering. you couldn't watch every minute of NBC's primetime coverage of, of swimming and all of its swimming glory, every single meet, every qualifying heat, every single heat, all of them. I just, I've never been more profoundly ashamed to be alive, to be a human being than to hear, to have heard how you discuss this. so, 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 yes, I've watched all of the Olympics, every minute of the Olympics. I didn't go on a trip out west. I've yes. been home watching the Olympics.
3: <laughs>
1: just just <laughs> letting the Olympics wash over me.
2: Really, I feel like the Olympics watched me. That's yeah. how much I watched the Olympics. and I. But I did miss the basketball game the other night. So that, <laughs> that, was that was the one thing. That was the one thing I couldn't do. So. I, couldn't, I couldn't catch it.
1: There was a, the, you know, the the TV didn't align between walking and the basketball game. So you, you had to make a choice, you know. Yeah, he For chose reason, walking.
2: Only so much I can do.
1: Uh, Well, so, of course,
0: USA takes gold, which means Draymond wins another gold medal. Mm-hmm. How exciting. Mm-hmm. How joyful. And um, I don't know if either of you caught it, but he enjoyed going to Twitter afterwards. And, um, and... Embarrassing anybody
1: who said that he was not going to win a gold medal.
2: Mm, that sounds right. He's
1: got a couple of them now. Yeah. No. Uh, very exciting though for this Team USA basketball team because they they dropped a couple of games in the Ron Robin and the exhibition. So, uh, to come back and to win those games against Spain, it's France, right? In the in the gold yep. medal, uh, round. Um, I watched. I was aware of it when it was on. I watched some of the highlights. Um, KD's a monster. And uh, Draymond kind of lost minutes over time, if you go back and look. But still, very happy for him. Two-time gold medalist, Draymond Green. Love that.
0: Um, Things I don't love, though, we talked about earlier in the year how the NCAA men's tournament and women's tournament were... uh, receiving very disparate uh, treatment. Mm-hmm. The NCAA hired a fancy law firm that told them they didn't treat them the same way. Uh, so it sounds like going forward, the NCAA solution is that they'll be hosting the men's and women's tournaments in the same locations. Um, I guess it's not surprising that the NCAA was bad at, at gender equality, but I will say I'm excited because a lot of the data indicates that women's basketball is actually a huge growth area for them, that if they just actually invested in it, they'd see ROI. So this is huge, potentially, for the women's game. Yeah,
2: I, yeah? Think, it's, I think it's a big move. And I think it's um, hysterical how it happened. I think it is hysterical that they had to commission a report. And uh, isn't this how it is? What you well, could see on Twitter videos. We like, just need more information. You know, I just, I don't think I'm ready to make a decision on this. I need more information. I need a study. I need an independent review. I need an independent counsel. I need hearings. I need a lot because my own eyes doth deceive me.
1: I mean, isn't, we're, this is now bleeding over from my personal life, but isn't this how leadership just exists in America generally? Oh yeah. I am in charge of this and to indicate that I'm taking it seriously, I'm either going to hire a law firm to do a study on this, or I'm going to hire Bain or McKinsey and they're going to come in and they're going to like, this is how, how we communicate in corporate America that we're taking a problem seriously is that we bring in X brand and they are going to do Y thing. And then there will be Z result and probably in all likelihood, nothing really ever changes in the long run.
3: Gotta Cause it's a,
1: just gotta have Accenture. Gotta it's, have them. it's just the people in charge of this showing the board that they're taking X problems seriously. And then all the same people that are just in charge of lifting each other up with huge contracts and golden parachutes and all of that, that will all just continue to happen. It's all just moving money around in the upper class that we just saw. That's all I, anyway, that's just what I think of corporate America,
3: which is what this is.
0: Uh, No disagreement here. Um, Well said, accurately put. Um, Speaking of corporate America, there is a hospital that's severing a relationship with, uh,
1: Former Spartan? or Is that what we're going to call him now? Uh, <laughs> Kirk, Kirk Cousins? I, I have a perspective on this. Plum, when people use the term former Spartan, what do you think about that?
2: Uh, as opposed to?
1: Well, just like a, a student athlete that has graduated and is now a pro and people are like, you know, former Spartan, Kirk Cousins.
2: I I I don't mind that. I think they're giving a, head, a hat tip to the uh, the institution that uh, nurtured him. Do you I mean, feel like
0: a former Spartan plum?
2: I've no. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, I got that's you now. I exactly. got you now. Thank you. Missed that. Yes, correct. No, I don't. I feel like a Spartan? Thank you. Very good.
0: But anyway, uh, so yes, former Spartan Kirk Cousins. Uh, I guess they're
2: saying, saying former Spartan football player. I mean, they're, I guess that's the context because they're talking about him in his role, not his individual identity.
0: And I'm saying former because I'm taking that relationship away from him. Away
1: from him. Very good. <laughs> so he uh, literally was a uh, graduation commencement speaker. But how <laughs> shameful, how shameful. Correct. Because,
0: all right. For those who maybe missed it, Kirk Cousins current quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings, former Spartan, uh, is unsurprisingly, anyone who knows anything about Kirk cousins, um, not a fan of, of the vaccine, uh, has not gotten the vaccine has been wrapped up in COVID protocols and said he'd be willing to sit in a plexiglass, plexiglass box. So as to not get other quarterbacks in the room sick, um, I mean, I'm fine with that plexiglass solution as long as they seal it airtight because he shouldn't be able to talk anymore. So I thought
1: you were saying because you want him to asphyxiate, which I thought was maybe a little bit much.
0: I mean, he might have an appreciation for COVID then. I don't <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but anyway, Kirk Cousins from the west side of the state of Michigan had a relationship with the Holland Hospital system or Holland Hospital, um, who who said uh We're not going to have that kind of relationship with someone who doesn't believe in the severity of COVID. Yeah. So uh, this isn't Kirk's. uh, Certainly not his largest sponsorship relationship, but um, good. I guess is where I'm at on this. Um, Drag him, please. He's not even that good of a quarterback in the league. Someone else back me up here.
2: No, I, 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 I'm, I'm with you. He's, he's out. I'm sorry um i can't do it kirk anyone that has it's a it- voice anyone anyone with a platform has got to be held to a higher standard and this hospital was right and by the way their statement was still weak ass we respect everyone's right to no one respects anyone's right to do anything that isn't related to science or common fucking sense shut up get the vaccine um i do want to just say to our dear listeners if any of you are still hesitant um don't listen to me <laughs> at all. Talk Captain to Kevin. Is, Kevin. Talk to Kevin. He's he's much more in line with what you're supposed to do. Talk to loved ones. Talk to, think about children. I will say this though. I think one of the things that's driven complacency and a willingness for, for people to be vaccine hesitant and just to th- kind of think it is okay to have an individual responsibility and we're going to just trust people to make the right decision is because children weren't dying. But now children are dying well, They're and, dying and it, some it. children did die. Absolutely.
0: And so like, I've always thought that that response of, well, you know, barely any kids die. was always sort of glib because there was a parent on the other end of that who lost their child. And there was a child who still died. Like, yes. Yes. <laughs> sorry. It just, as, as the the dad here, like it infuriates me that, uh, yeah, like I, just because it's a lower percentage doesn't make it less scary. hundred percent. Yeah. So anyway, yes, now kids are also dying more. More kids are dying.
1: We have to move on. No, no. I think we also have to acknowledge that one of our favorite players, though, um, and someone that's very near and dear to the heart of all Spartans in a very recent sense, Cassius Winston, is currently sitting out of the NBA G League uh, games that are happening in Vegas Uh, Due to his own COVID protocol, which I believe is only being enforced for unvaccinated individuals. There's a different protocol for vaccinated individuals. So we have to extend the same level of critique to someone that we much more immediately hold in high regard and think, you know, the world of. Yeah. In Cassius Winston. Absolutely. And he has all the same information Kirk Cousins does. Yes.
0: Yes. Uh, I don't disagree. Um, I think there is a, a bit of, you know, if we're, if we are going to grade people, um, Kirk does have a, Kirk's been a little bit more outspoken.
1: Sure. We'll yeah. Say.
0: Um, there's a difference between just not taking your
1: vaccine. Well, and... Kirk is also the sort of the face of a franchise. Yes, being that's a Starting quarterback.
0: Also fair. Um, but no, it, it you know, you tipped me off on this and it was, that was super disappointing to hear. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that, um you know, I guess what's surprising uh, as it relates to Cassius Winston anyway, unlike Kirk Cousins, who I think has m- more job security, mm-hmm. I'm surprised that, that players who are really vying for roster spots like Cassius, you'd think would get the vaccine. Yeah, because, I don't know what that's about. I mean, right? Because now he's missing time. Yeah, and that that is baffling to me. It's we, you know, we had a half laugh at John Rahm missing out on how much money. Um. Now, granted, he ended up winning a buttload more later on, but like, I I don't understand. I don't understand any of it, but particularly when your livelihood is so tied to this it, it is baffling to me but anyway
1: i hope Cassius i, I could be mistaken mind. maybe this is a breakthrough maybe no, the nba no. has all the same protocols for everyone but i i don't nope. believe that the summer league's protocol state that unvaccinated players who come
0: in close contact with a positive test must quarantine for seven days yep there he's not go. vaccinated so um so anyway uh Cassius, get your vaccine kurt stop talking um also get a vaccine <laughs> anyway uh Let's let's preview some stuff uh, because it's time, guys. We are close to football season. So instead of ending with the thing that people are least excited about, we'll start with it. And, that and is... it's
1: time we're at we're at about the 50 minute mark. So Wait, really? people don't we care about we got through all of that in 50 minutes. Yeah. People don't care about special teams. Let's try to make this quick. <laughs> all
0: right. That's fair.
1: It's episode 100, listener. You get to listen to us uh, have this discussion live on the air and instead of in the side chat yeah. where we just scream at each other about where we're at. In the Largely
0: time. me. Anyway, all right. Coach Ross Ells, also linebacker coach. hmm What else you got, Greg? And then we're, we're sending it to Plum for kickers.
3: Ooh.
1: Uh that's it. So the most important thing to remember about special teams in the Mel Tucker era is that it seems that starters are available for special teams. I, I think if you look back at the Mark D'Antonio era, kind of what we're used to, special teams and, and a lot of football programs, special teams is an area where um, you know younger guys can play, guys that aren't necessarily starters. Uh, but we saw Antoine Simmons on special teams last year. We saw Shakur Brown on special teams. Obviously, Jaden Reed and Jalen Naylor uh, were were the returners. Um, so it's a it's an area of high visibility with uh, Coach Tucker. It's also an area where MSU was abysmal last year, particularly in coverage. So we'll get to that at the
0: end. But real quick, plumb. real quick, uh, yeah. I I can't help but remember Drew Stanton. And that he played on special teams, and that was not great. But well, I don't
1: expect that you know uh, yeah. Noah Kim is going to be out there <laughs> making tackles. Uh, but I will
0: say, it, apparently, you bring this up. So one, I think maybe that was partly a depth issue. Um, but two, uh, Mel Tucker preached apparently to the team that if you want to make it in the league, being able to participate in special teams is a is a serious added benefit to making a roster. Right. Hmm. Um, so anyway, just as an aside as to why maybe some of those guys found themselves on, on their last year where that they were trying to make a team anyway, kickers plump, tell me about them.
2: Uh, unfortunately for us, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, Cole Hahn has graduated after 12 years as an undergraduate with the best kicker
0: name. If we're being honest,
2: (laughs) that's so true. Do you think that's where the shoes are named from? Oh my God. (laughs) So, um, Congratulations. Cool. Uh, wish you the best uh, thoughts and prayers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so we basically just have our friend mullet Matt as he has <laughs> uh, tagged himself and wants to be referred to exclusively as Um and good for him. Uh, <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's what we got. Um, we got to hear in the notes. His dad is a pilot <laughs> Ap- apropos of nothing, but, but his dad can fly an airplane. And I think at the end of the day, isn't that what really matters? Yeah. The kid is in his sixth year of eligibility, which says everything you need to. Um, he's nine for 12 on field goals. That was last season. So I like those odds. Uh, and kid has never missed an extra point. So knock on wood, knock on wood, knocking. Uh, and I need to double check this. He might be our highest percentage
0: kicker of all time. Yeah. Um, at like, I think he's it's high sixties. It's okay. kind of shockingly low. Maybe. I dig that.
1: In the uh, notes, his dad being a pilot is a reference to My Dad Airlines. One yes. of Can't Read, Can't Write's earliest not a sponsors. That would have been like episode two or three or it, something
0: like that. It was one of my favorite ad reads of all time.
1: <laughs> my Dad Airlines. Hey, my dad will take his places. It's really cool. Like, where do you want to go? That's where we'll go with My Dad Airlines.
3: So. <laughs> bring that
0: back that's that's a callback people can re-download that episode see if we can drive up the listens on it
3: oh my god <laughs> just
0: for, just for greg doing his puberty voice and that was <laughs> that was obviously matt uh matt coughlin without the mullet mm-hmm. like he looked like such a child then and now oh, grizzled
1: not how i would do not how i would impersonate matt these days
0: uh greg talk to me about punters
1: uh so punters cool thing um <laughs> Bryce Berenger is back. Uh, this is something that we managed to never talk about last year, but our punter for most of the year, uh, most of the end of the year, 2020 just wasn't on the team in 2019. He was on the team in 2018 and then he just sort of like walked away in 2019. And then he came back and did some punting on the side. 37 of them in uh, 2020, uh, long as 78 net average of about 35, um Devotee's what we're called dude punted ten times against Ohio State. <laughs> oh my god. Devotees <laughs> that game. Anyway, was bad. Bryce Bryce Baringer, Redford uh Redshirt Senior from Waterford, perfectly fine punter. Um eh, uh, in, he could get some more hang time. Let's go, oh, yeah. Do you do you have a critique? Have you been watching the film? Well, no, I mean, think about
0: it. we're going to get to coverage here in a second, but half of coverage is related to how long the ball's up in the air
3: mm-hmm.
0: that you know if it's not, then it's less time for your guys to get down there, yeah so Bryce Beringer is sub fine above bad, like
1: <laughs> well, never fear because coming in on a white horse is Cody Waddell, senior transfer from <laughs> Texas Tech, preferred walk on who, n- who never. Actually punted at Texas Tech, by the way, in his three years there. He did when he was at Lincoln University of Pennsylvania, which is D2 in a place that no one on the planet has heard of. Uh, but he averaged 37 yards per punt there, career-long is 70. But I, I don't know. I mean, those are your two guys. Uh, with the exception, of course, of Tyler Hunt, who's always available You know, when he's not tight-ending to come in and do a punt for you um and i think he that was part of the story wasn't it last year that our maybe our best punter is a tight end why
0: not let him punt then oh because he was our best tight end
1: yeah not much has changed is what's important there's room to grow in the punting room
0: yeah uh that actually position is kind of intriguing as to what they're going to do about it in the future but um next up uh we'll chat briefly about returners um we're assuming that um, Jaden um, Jaden Reed and uh, uh, Jalen Naylor will be our returners again. That said, I think Angelo Gross might have gotten some run last year. Um, maybe he sees some time. You know, I, I don't maybe see someone like Keon Coleman, who's apparently very fast and is also a large human being, also get some opportunity. Um, it depends on if they're if they're looking to save Jaden and Jalen, uh, but. Um, either way, there's talent at that spot, uh, assuming there can be blocking, which is a big question mark. So, um, Plum, how bad were we at coverage last year?
2: Um, we were great at coverage last year. I don't (laughs) know what you're talking about. We were one, 107th. Out of 127 teams in the nation, it turns out, last year and kickoff return defense. Listen, it's not important how last year was. Do you know why? Why? You know what happened last year? COVID? We beat the University of Michigan. Oh, God, don't do that. It's no. not
1: it's not the only redeeming thing that happened. We also beat Northwestern. We yeah. also
2: beat Northwestern. They were top a top 10, 10 team. team. Yeah. Thank you very much. Oh my god. Thank you very much. So we do have. I look at it this way. We had a uh we have a we have a new recruited program that is refreshed and can only do better than 107th. Um, not that's gonna, not
1: true. There are literally there not are true. 20 teams out there that are probably saying something similar. Like, no. oh, couldn't it be worse than
0: last year? And there are six who are worse than punt return defense. So, um, yay. Uh, in all likelihood it, you know, I don't know. I think this is a space where the before and after photos that have been coming out.
1: Um, what are talking about? uh, men without their shirts on.
0: Yes. Uh, for those who aren't aware, uh, the, the players got before and after photos taken from their strength and conditioning workouts and the transformations have legitimately been impressive to the point that you kind of wonder what was going on before. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I got to hope that some of that translates to athleticism in in the special teams department, um, where it's largely just two teams running at each other super fast. So, (laughs) uh anyway uh let's head to twitter questions yeah yes all right first up joe ashworth Greg, what is one thing from the first hundred episodes you wish you had done differently and what is one thing you want to carry into the emphasis next 100
3: into
1: the next 100 yeah. Well, I I want a better host of the podcast. I think <laughs> Plum and I have been talking about this a lot and, his, and and he actually he took 4 weeks off to do a personal journey of self-enlightenment to decide what we're going to do in this area. And um Plum and I we have a we have a call coming up this week to discuss the future of the podcast and it's hosting. So listeners, we endeavor to do better where that's concerned in the future. Joe, okay. if
0: you were asking me, I, I I want a better editor, obviously, and maybe someone else who hops in the outline. I don't know the three hours before the podcast, like <laughs> they said, they were
2: going to Okay, deeply hurtful. Uh, From
1: earlier today, plum Texas is like, I'm going to take a run and then I'm going to hop in the outline keeping it 100 times six and then did not open the outline before he complained about how there wasn't a recording link uh, 15 minutes before we were all supposed to be hopping on. This is what we deal with. This is what we deal with people.
2: I should be able to show back up after a long vacation and do what I want. Okay. I should be able to come and go as I please. I should be able to clink my glass and do whatever the things are that people do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So thank you. Yeah. Uh,
0: Plum, uh, I, what what are you hoping as you uh, endeavor into the next hundred episodes for, other than obviously getting rid of me?
2: Um, I'm getting rid of the pandemic would be really, really nice. if folks wouldn't mind getting vaccinated in this country so that um, I don't know, we can send more vaccines to other countries so we can hasten the day when this thing is just a, a, a frustrating communicable disease and not the end of humanity. so that's a good one.
0: And Mask Up. Mask Up. Yeah. Uh, which we're going to get into a little bit later, because we kind of had some questions about uh, some some COVID fatigue, which I think we should actually touch on. Uh, but uh, do either of you watch The Bachelorette? Uh, I'm aware of what happens on The Bachelorette. Yes. Plum? You can... No. Great. Greg. I was going to ask who Katie... Sh- no, Plum. <laughs> Joe was going to ask who Katie should choose in The Bachelorette finale. But instead, please tell me a time when you exhibited real pick me energy and are (laughs) embarrassed in hindsight.
1: Oh, Uh,
0: Joe, I just want to say real quick, uh,
2: the podcast is all of my pick me energy. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, same. (laughs) Um, Pick me energy. Pick me energy oh i probably debased myself as a kid trying out for soccer more times than i should have like hey coach um i just got i washed your car for you and um here's some sandwiches i don't know i
0: I imagine your early days of refereeing you gesticulated a little too hard with the cards oh trying to be uber professional
2: that that's a good one yeah in fact my friends have a well, I'll just—I'm going to take the—the uh, I'm just going to say it. But when I was in when I was a little kid, so in EYSO days in volunteer youth soccer, that you'd have the two teams come stand in the middle of the field and kind of face each other, and then the referee would like you know look at all the shin guards and then give them a quick prep talk. And I apparently would like walk up and down the line like they were my soldiers, and I said at one point to one team, "I have cards and I'm not afraid to use them." <laughs> so. <laughs> And I had to have been all of 12 years old doing this, and there are family friends of mine that still say that to me to this day when they see me, so.
3: You know.
0: When I I see you in September, I am going to bring some cards with me and tell you that I'm not afraid to use them. Aw. Please Uh, use them. uh, Greg, how about you? You got a pick-me energy story?
1: Uh, These, I find that these are just the worst. In terms of the, like, Embarrassing moments of your life that pop up in your head at two o'clock in the morning, and you're just like, "Well, okay, I'm not falling asleep for the next forty five minutes or whatever." It's like <sighs> these types of moments are just truly the most embarrassing. I I don't know. There's there's got to be like times in my life where there were like friend groups that I was trying to get into, or teams in high school that I wanted. To, oh, god. Just bad.
0: Just truly bad. There was that time that you kept calling Plum and I in college and were like, guys, can I please hang out with you?
1: Guys, I would really like to come hang out with the James Madison students more. You guys throw the best parties. It's just the most fun
0: being around the (laughs) James Madison students. I want to be able to mention in conversation that I go to Madison.
2: My roommate's name is also Kevin, and I just kind of feel lonely and too seen. (laughs)
0: All right, next up from Joe Ashworth. This is no, getting I'm going to ask
1: you this question, Josie. When Draymond retires, he'll probably be able to pick whatever path he wants. True. Completely agree, Joe. Would you rather see him going into coaching, front office role in the NBA, or broadcasting? So
0: I think it's pretty clear that Draymond is undeniably a really smart and savvy guy mm-hmm. when it comes to – to basketball and mm-hmm. even to the point that, that Draymond will continue to be a valued member of teams long after he is a efficient contributor. Um, I mean, even still his points have decreased, but his, his assistant rebounds are insane. Um, so I mean, Draymond's first rodeo at coaching though, I think would be quite interesting and he's going to probably have to do some changing to be an effective coach. Uh, that makes me think he'd be a very fantastic broadcaster, and probably a um, uh, what's that shitty one that we don't like from ESPN, the Indiana guy,
1: the Indiana guy, yeah, the the white
0: racist one who says Miles Bridges doesn't have. Oh, game.
1: you're talking about um, what's his name? Um, God, why can't he's like so forgettable?
0: Um, anyway, oh I think my God. I think Draymond would have like as a color guy on a on on a game would have that kind of sort of he would be a better version of shock jock with more actual knowledge of a game. Um, and so for that, I would choose Draymond probably going into broadcasting.
1: Yeah, he's too rich. Uh, he's not. I, I think he's not going into coaching. Coaching is just way too much work and he's well, got how, way too much money at this. How point. much money do you think Juwan Howard has? He did sign the first $100 million contract, but... And, dude, I think
0: shows up in a Lambo every day to work. I don't know, man. I I
2: just think... Also, if you're that tall, why do you own a Lambo? Yeah, it's not a safe car to drive, and it's not even comfortable. First off, Jawan
1: Howard is not being offered any broadcasting roles, so this isn't even an option for him. Um, But it is definitely an option for Draymond, and... I think he does a fantastic job at it. I think he's an asset to those broadcasts when he's on them. And to me, it just, it seems like coaching is just way too much work to choose that. If you can go into something like broadcasting, he also clearly hasn't, he's credited in the new uh, Space Jam movie, even though he Uh wasn't in it from what I could see. (laughs) Oh,
3: I didn't know that.
1: He hasn't, he's obviously interested in this kind of stuff. So I think that's definitely going to be the role that he heads in. Dockage. Um, Dockage is who I was thinking. Dan Dockage. Dan. Man, it's so nice Old that Dan. you've been able to forget his name.
0: Um, uh, he's going to find this podcast now. You know that, right? Yeah. Uh, I will say, though, if if Draymond was – and we're spending way too much time on this question, but if Draymond was going to coach, I think it's because Draymond is still that competitive. and And that's the itch he needs to scratch. Because you're not wrong about the money. But it is the, I don't want to be far away from the game, and I don't want to stop competing. That's the only world in which I see him actually continuing on and being a coach.
1: I mean, if that's true, I would bet he comes back here to do that.
0: I don't, I would like to see him get his training wheels somewhere, maybe a little bit. But yeah. I, I, it's clear he knows the game at a, you know, savant level. So I'm into it. Um, All right, next up. Colin Jankowski with a question that I think we're just going to have to do rapid fire um, because predictions for stat leaders in every major category for football.
1: We can't do this. Yes, we can. All, the time for- All right, then you just do it. No, no, no. Just All right,
0: go- here. This one's easy. Anything passing related?
1: Uh, I'm going to go, well, it's either Naylor or Reed. No, 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 no I'm, I'm sorry. Go- Quarterback. <laughs> Quarterback. Oh, uh, I'm going to go Russo then.
0: Okay. Um, Plum, who's going to have more receptions, Reed or Naylor? Naylor. Who's going to have more yards, reception yards, Greg? Reed or Naylor?
1: Naylor, I guess, if we're accepting that.
0: Well, I mean, you could have more catches and and fewer yards. Sure. Uh, All right. Most rushing yards, Plum. Walker or Collins? Walker. All right. Greg, this is going to be a little tricky. You might have to go check out what Donovan Eaglin looks like. Who has the most rushing touchdowns? Because we've got a JU Colkrick on the team.
1: (laughs) All right. I'm going to go with, uh, Uh, with what's his name that came in from, from Auburn. Um, uh, Joyner. Joyner. is going to be your short down your, your short yardage back.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. Most sacks on the team. Um, uh, you get a lot of people to choose from there. Yeah, so, uh, jo- Drew Jordan, uh Beasley or Panashuk, uh Plum. Panashuk. All right. Uh Greg most interceptions on the team, you've got Chester Kimbro, uh Ronald Glover? No. Ronald I mean n-
1: no one ever gets like 50 interceptions. It's like very rare that someone leads I'm trying interceptions to lightning going, going away. This. Come on. And I'm going to say that that's not going to happen. It'll be interceptions by committee. Okay. All right.
2: All right. Boring.
1: Uh,
0: and then uh, most field goals, I'm going to take the prediction, uh, Matt Coughlin. So uh, we'll see who pans out as percentage-wise most accurate. Um, and you can hold us to that, Colin. Hold us
1: accountable, Colin.
0: <laughs> uh, actually, but this was pretty decent segment fishing that we probably should have held off uh, for... For like
2: the last.
1: Speaking of segment fishing, Nick Kamansky asks,
2: uh, "Plum, what is your spirit animal?" That's a very insensitive question to Native Americans, who for whom this uh, spirit animal is not a mascot to be uh, bandied about in a uh, uncaring and selfish way. Nick Kamansky, for shame. So, how about your Patronus? Your Patronus. My my Patronus would be um, a recently spayed golden retriever. Thank you very much.
1: And when you activate your Patronus, you and Yali point fingers at each other like two Spider-Men. Like,
0: <laughs> are yeah. you both wearing diapers in this scenario?
1: This is, we're both wearing cones. But yeah, yeah. We've both got cones. Yeah, also, have, have cones. you ever seen a, a... Why do you think he would have a diaper?
0: For the uh, Yali, for, for any bleeding that would be coming about as a result of the, uh, the, the incision. Well, the incision is actually kind of in the
2: stomach area, and that's why they yeah, wear yeah. the cone.
1: Um, oh, yeah, know. they don't give you the dog back while it's still bleeding. There, there's no she's not wearing a diaper right now. fine. It's but okay. dogs
2: and diapers
0: is a real thing. That Just, happens. That's
2: true. When she was uh when she was uh on her heat, she she had a, she had a diaper. There
0: you go. There, there you go. You okay, dogs and diapers on your
2: bingo card. All right. Yes. TC says to Mike Jones and Mike Jones only. Congrats on 100 episodes. Are you happy with your life choices? No.
3: <laughs>
0: no. I would have found new co-hosts. Uh, mm. MSU got its first 2022 commit, and barring any transfers will have four point guards on its roster. Uh. Uh, is this the new positionless basketball, Kevin?
2: Positionless this- and scholarshipless. Let's just be explicit about that. <laughs> Leaving them on the tables.
1: So these are this is not explicitly for point guards. It's for guards and combo guards. Um it's maybe it's some new positionless basketball. Like Izzo has shown that he can he can change. Yeah, he he is not resolute in his uh approach to the game. There are elements that he likes to keep, but I mean, the three ball has really crept into MSU basketball over the last 5-6 years. So Um, I am not that concerned, that concerned about the guard scholarship.
0: Glut
3: of guards.
1: Yeah. Um, I am a little bit concerned about the size down low right now. And there are scholarships available for those guys if they want to commit to the program.
2: Who so. are they? Where are they? Please, will you come forward?
0: <laughs> well, the uh, CT school just picked up one that we really wanted, so that was great.
2: Icky. Um,
0: uh, Plum, favorite place to
2: go on a hike? I will say a um, place that's not too far from the Metro Detroit, or from Detroit, where I live the Metro Detroit area is Northville, um, is Mayberry State Park in Northville. There's yeah. a horsey riding pads. And when there's no horses on them, you can hike on them and they're very naturific. And there's a lake and there's a lot of um, ups and downs and there's cross country uh, trails and there's biking trails. So it's, it's a good park. It's a great park actually in Northville. You'd be surprised. I have a question for you, Plum, on this subject. How is the north
1: part of Belle Isle? I know that like people hike up there, there's like running paths. I've never been up there. Is it worthwhile? <laughs>
2: It is, yeah. There is a um. There is uh, the north part of Belle Isle is uh, there's there's a hiking path that goes along the stream, the little river that runs through the middle of the island, and then mm-hmm. but f- that's kind of central northern, and then the north north tip up to the lighthouse. Um, you cross a bridge where a lot of folks fish, and you get to the place they call Hipster Beach, um, which is a cool area, and people, you know, you're not supposed to drink in the public areas of the beach, but like everyone kind of has the unwritten rule that you can drink up on Hipster Beach. So,
3: okay. Yeah,
0: there you go. That's the selling point for Grek. Uh, next up, Iman Sinner. I think we're saying that right. Uh, this year is uh, the year is 2030. The nickname Spartans is deemed no longer PC Mm. after immense societal pressure. MSU has to change their nickname. What is your vote for a new mascot? Parenthetical, as much as people are ripping on Cleveland, I like that the new name has city relevance. And parenthetical. I'm going to pass this one to Plum, but before I do, I will just point out that Cleveland did not secure the trademark rights to the Cleveland Guardians, and it actually belongs to a men's roller derby team. Yes,
2: it does. That is a great story. It, it is, is truly
0: hilarious, and and it is fantastic that they rolled out a whole new name, because that's what you get for using an entire race as a mascot. Um, so... Ha ha. Anyway, Mostly yes.
1: what I hate about this story is that it lets Dan Snyder off the hook with the Washington football team that like someone made this mistake before he did. Oh, I airs. like him being the biggest sports idiot. And anyway, <laughs> yeah. Plum,
2: your thoughts. Um, I would like us to have a callback to the Aggies. I know that theoretically belongs to Texas A&M, but hear me out. I think that uh, if we were the gruff Aggies, I think that's a fair nod to Gruff Sparty, who's my favorite Sparty, and um, our agricultural land-grant roots. Or we could be the um, Abrahams, the Abrahams, in um, in honor of Abraham Lincoln, who signed the uh, Moral Moral Act, which established land-grant universities in 1861. You're welcome. What about the Staters, which is, I believe, the
1: other option when MSU chose the Spartans? That is truly horrible. (laughs) <laughs> yep. Yeah. um truly really, truly horrible i
0: like it i like the idea of a militant abraham lincoln you know he's got to be kind of aggressive he needs to be holding a weapon of something. do you
1: kind. think illinois would let us do that
0: honestly i kind of like doing
2: it just to troll them
0: a little just bit <laughs> oh my god
2: what if it's mind. zombie abraham lincoln and he has like the bullet hole in his head and he's just like decaying and roaming in the field like disoriented
0: uh, as Michael Scott said, uh, you you just now can start drink, joking about the Abraham Lincoln assassination. So, <laughs> oh my God. Um, all right. Next up from Iman Center. Uh, Greg, perfect for you. With campus in East Lansing changing so much in the last few years, construction-wise, that is, what is one more thing that needs to be built in order to make it a premier college town? Not a, mm-hmm. the yes. premier college town. Which, I, I mean, fair question, because I think we, if we we're all being honest about East Lansing— Maybe not the best in the Big Ten.
1: Okay, could be. I think if we're all being honest about Mike Jones and when he was here last, uh, his opinion on the matter means is. nothing.
2: Because you know whose patio is still the greatest in the world.
1: That's the barrel of the peanut.
0: That's the
2: barrel of the peanut. That's the barrel of the peanut.
1: Mm. Is that what what Greg mm. calls it? Okay. This is what we discussed when we were here. Uh, I will uh when we were draw... together,
2: Mike, because we were together, physically together. We held hands. We you talked, talked about, about you. You talked about Kevin's barrel of the peanut.
1: He actually he had some great recommendations for me. Um <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna draw from our friends at the Red Cedar Message Board, and I will say oh, I'm on center that what East Lansing needs is a giant 300 foot tall Sparty <laughs> statue overlooking Spartan <laughs> Stadium yes. with red laser eyes yes and with that putting the statue of liberty to shame to shame east lansing will finally finally take its rightful place as the greatest college town on the planet
0: could there be like a rooftop bar at the top of sparty sure yeah of
1: course maybe one of those like rotating type of things i don't know
2: Walk trying to cross farm lane (laughs) Jesus. All right, next up, Raymond James. No, 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 this one's for you there. If Delta proves too contagious, our boy Raymond asks, but the feds and witless police refuse to lock down. Will you, after having shelled out hundreds of dollars in airfare, have the self-discipline not to attend games at Spartan stadium?
0: Raymond, I'm coming. (laughs) I think this might be the space to talk about it because I'm cool. not... Get into I, it. I'm not not coming. I I did my work. I miss Kevin Greck. I miss Alex Plum, and I'm going to see you guys. And I know you both got vaccinated. Mm-hmm. I know Plum has been deciding to just travel around to random towns and show up mask at places, but I don't care. I'm going to hug him anyway. But- Tell me I'm wrong, Alex. Tell me... I'm wrong that I did the hard work and I should just stop again.
2: I think um, I'll wear my mask. Yeah, I think that's it. I'm actually with you on this. I, I am with you on this. I think, well, A, I think we're past the point where more lockdowns and more quarantining is going to have the desired effect. It is true that hospital census numbers are ticking up it is not true. Well, it is true that people are dying in large numbers. Those people are almost universally unvaccinated. Um, Breakthrough cases are happening. The obscene vast majority of them are not resulting in anything but mild illness. Mm -hmm. So you're not, you're not, you know, yes, you could be a carrier for the virus. Yes, you could get someone sick if you wear a mask while you're on route and you're in public areas, your chance of spreading the virus to anybody is almost zero. If you were even a carrier of it, which is again, very, very low, if you are vaccinated. So your risk of being a vector to hurt somebody is if you take the proper precautions, almost nil. And the chance that you would become infected um, and could, and could carry that back home is definitely non-zero um, but low. I think your bigger issue is what do you do to protect your son when you get home? And if you think that through, then you can absolutely come uh, conscience clean. I,
0: I do think that the place that this maybe is going to change things for me, Raymond, is is maybe my calculus on what we do, if anything, pregame. You know, being in the stadium is, is one thing. I don't know what stadium numbers are going to look like. Obviously, it's going to be outdoors, um, but I don't know how much intimate time I want to spend with people I don't know for sure are vaccinated. And I know Kevin and Alex are vaccinated. That probably is the one thing that maybe I I would look at changing my behavior, but I'm coming to my one game. God
1: damn it. Yeah. We might not be at Rick's that night. Yes. After all. Um, You speak for yourself. Damn it. (laughs) If we're not going to Rick's,
0: I'm not going to be seeing me at all, but but we are going to go to Conrad's, right? For sure. Yeah, okay, for sure. Cool, 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 cool. All right. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It, Greg, are you, where are you on this? Because uh, you're, you're in East Lansing. I mean, I, I'm enthused that they're requiring vaccines for people to, to come back to campus. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming masks are going to be required. Again, mm-hmm. I don't have a problem wearing a mask, and I'll wear a KN95 at, to the game.
3: Like, Yeah. So, yeah, I
1: mean, our plan is to sit outdoors at Spartan Stadium. Uh, where you know it's fairly well ventilated, um we probably would remain masked at, in our seats um I'm comfortable going to the game right now under present circumstances i'm I'm yeah. on this
0: yeah, I would put a big asterisk on if the virus mutates
1: again yeah yeah, of course with with our current covid climate um next up from Raymond plum, regardless of the dubious nature of this information, hasn't been suggested that "Quote Plum Alex, uh, at Plum Alex, was suspended from the show for stealing. Other rumors indicate sexual harassment. Which is it? We stealing
2: people's hearts? Hmm?
1: <laughs> is, that is that a crime,
2: Raymond? That? Hmm? Is it a crime to, to captivate the public's imagination? To, to, to burrow into the soul of a people? To implant yourself so deeply in their hearts Hopefully. and minds that you're missed beyond all others?
0: Please don't mm-hmm. say implant again.
2: I don't care about mm-hmm. that. Well, now who's the sexual harasser, Mike Jones? Hmm. I think these rumors are fully without merit. I've never been elected governor of the state of New York, and I refuse to hear more of it. Thank What's you. the nip
1: situation? Are those things
2: uh, pierced? Are those
1: things pierced or what? And with like hand towel
2: loops. <laughs> okay, listen. What I do with my bangles and my nipples is my business and mine alone. But come to the. Uh, Recording party, and you may get to see a yeah, come on over. Come on down,
1: Raymond. Find out for yourself.
2: Find out for yourself.
1: Uh, next up, Jonesy. Uh, from Raymond Chains. Why did that recruiter from Wisconsin's hiring fly under the radar? Raymond, I'm
0: assuming you mean uh, why did Graham Couch not know about it? and it's, And it's because uh, he seems to have a general disdain for his job.
1: It's because uh, Graham seems oh to God. hate his life out loud right now.
0: <laughs> I mean, it just
1: publicly. Poor yeah. guy publicly, poor and, guy.
0: And so you know, I, I, it is it is baffling to me to have a job where your job is to primarily write opinion pieces about a sports team, and then to not care about a major component of whether that team is successful, and actually openly mock. Kids who are making a decision about what's college they're going to. I'm not suggesting that someone has to be 27, 24 seven sports or rivals because that's a whole cottage industry of being obsessed with teenagers. But recruiting is undeniably a major part of whether you're a successful program or not, and and or or at minimum, Mel Tucker has decided that's a big deal. And if your job is to cover a team, you can't openly scoff at or ignore hires like this. And, you know, maybe it, I'm not saying for Graham in particular it requires a column, but every, every other reputable writer, at least tweeted about it. So I don't, I don't know what's going on. Um, but anyway, uh, the folks at 24 seven think this is a big deal that he was a big, big part of uh Said Khalif's um, uh, program at Wisconsin and what led them to growing. So, you know, we're not we're not ever going to meet these people. They're not ever going to be the face of the program, but they do interact regularly with with the high school kids. And so, you know, uh, if it was good enough to steal someone away from another Big Ten school that just landed their highest ranked class ever, that seems notable to me. Anyway, uh, off the soapbox this week. In the behind the scenes with Tom Izzo. Tom wants to spontaneously visit fans and bring over his kitchen creations, but producers worry about social distancing. Tom's YouTube cooking continues to garner fans, many of whom are Korean teenagers. Of course. Oddly specific. Meanwhile, a distraught Beekman needs a hug
1: and accordion comfort. (laughs) And then, and of course, Tom plays the, the
3: <laughs> wah, 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 <laughs> on the
1: accordion. <laughs> Sad trombone. Yeah. Um, I love the idea of Korean teenagers when, when not watching Starcraft replays, uh, are really into Tom Izzo culinary YouTube videos. Um, I'm big, I'm big I, on this.
0: I kind of hope that uh, there's like the soundtrack for Tom Izzo's culinary uh, videos are all backed by K pop um that feels like the right energy (laughs) it's that or accordion music for sure um (laughs) all right next up mama maple leaf what has new jersey done lately for the good of mankind i feel assaulted Uh, this
1: is to you so uh
0: what has michigan done lately for the good of mankind and what has Detroit done lately for the good of mankind? This
1: feels like three distinct questions that she's just sort of put into one because it's a theme, but we'll let you get away with this, leaf. Oh,
2: Susan.
1: <laughs> Jonesy, defend New Jersey. I don't feel like
0: I need to defend New Jersey. Um, New Jersey is a wonderful state that has great
1: agriculture,
0: great outdoors.
2: Is that true?
0: Yes. Agriculture? Yes one of the top producers of corn, peaches, uh other things that are good tomatoes. Uh and uh we're we're great for for all things floral. Huh. It's a it's a wonderful state. Google it. We're we're like uh number 5 or something in the country. Yeah.
1: Good luck good luck exploring the infinite abyss. Uh, uh
0: Yeah, anyway, uh I will also say um I don't know. I, it, you know, um people pump your gas. That's a thing that happens here.
1: Not this is not a value add. Uh, uh, it adds Michigan, jobs, Kevin. For, for Michigan, um, I, w- I will say that it's been a, you know, it started a little wet, but it's been a lovely summer. So I invite everyone to have a pure <laughs> Michigan here. Uh, Oberon has a new label, which is a delight, what? you know, really expanding the horizons there. So we're really adding to the discourse, you know, Michigan. Tell me about maybe, this new label. I'll send you a picture after right. the show, but uh, we might be a little bit behind in vaccinations overall. Um, and we might've threatened to leave our governor in the middle of Lake Michigan. So nothing, of us. nothing. Um, it seems like we've totally forgotten about the very real threat to Whitmer's life. I don't think that gets discussed enough, but um, Plum, anything you want to
2: say about Detroit? Um, the motor city, baby. What do you want? Motown? What do you, what do you want? Automobiles? This is kind of a. What
3: What do you want? The interstate
2: highway. You want you want Coney dogs. You want Verners. What do you want, Mama? Huh? Cousins is not from there, so there. Take
0: that. Which leads into our next question. Plum, this is seems very directed to you. (laughs) It does very much. Very upset about. Try without too many profanities. Or at least set up a swear jar. Actually, that's how I'm going to get paid for the pot from now on. Plum, you owe me money. Uh, before answering this question, the f- the question is: the following recent published statement ends with a quote unquote. For now, for this reason, quote for this reason, Holland Hospital will discontinue using Kurt Cousins as our spokesperson. For
2: now, end quote. Her question is, why not forever? Because people are allowed to make mistakes and people are allowed to walk the journey to perfection. We are hoping that Kirk is on that journey to perfection and that he sees the error of his ways and that after getting vaccinated, he becomes a prolific mouthpiece for why vaccines are meaningful and how they can save lives and he will redeem himself. And when he does that, Holland Hospital will be right to bring him back as their spokesperson. Okay, that was actually... Very well done.
1: Motherfucker! Uh, great. <laughs> Way to have grace, Alex Plum. Having grace. Uh, next up, to Jonesy. Speaking of 100, don't know where that came from. Um, <laughs> yes. This is with well, no Plum context. Just,
0: Plum just kept it 100.
1: Uh, there we go. Uh, 100 years ago, on the banks of the Red Cedar, the MAC, the Michigan Agricultural College, homecoming parade included the cavalry. Badass. When you send the Calvary to assist Mel Tucker this season, who will be leading the charge? A quarterback, a wide receiver, or a kicker? This question makes no sense. She found this picture. <laughs> she it
0: gave, shoehorned it in. She
1: shoehorned in a
0: question. Uh, well, Mama Maple Leaf, I think as we discussed earlier on our preview section, a competent punter would go a long way, actually, to making this team maybe better. Um I think we, uh, we've got a quarterback, and I think we've got a wide receiver, so I think the answer is a kicker. And, yes, people, if you want to see a picture of old cavalry folks in apparently in Michigan State, um, you can find that on our Twitter feed. It's
3: uh, there. In all the right,
0: Grek, to you, from Always Thinking 1835. What does Forks Down actually mean?
1: Oh, this is like a nice, uh, no dumb questions, just dumb podcast host question. Um, someone so devoted to Albion College wouldn't understand what it's like to hate Indiana University. There it is. Indiana University, of course, the other side of the greatest college football trophy, the old brass platoon, uh, have themselves as their, uh, as their insignia the the U and the I intersecting in such a way that it seems to form a pitchfork. And uh, when you hate the Hoosiers in the way that we do as Spartans, truly, this is the greatest of all of our sports rivalries. You say, take those forks and you put them down or you shove them where the sun don't shine. Those are your options. But to be polite, we just say forks down. I mean uh, uh think of
0: if you were playing hope what is hope again the bible thumpers <laughs> I was going to say and you then their their mascot was a cross and you said upside down cross that's <laughs> sort of Aren't the idea
2: anchors or something i think they're like anchors
0: yeah, but I think they used to be like the evangelicalists or something like that. I don't know. It's All not right. great. It's not mm-hmm. great. Uh, but uh, actually, this is uh, the Forks Down thing is um, kind of a riff on the Horns Down, yeah? Which is sure. a, an actual taunt that people do at the University of Texas because they are bad at sports.
2: Sure. It, uh, wasn't there just something about like they can't do that anymore or something?
0: yeah but it's like if you do it at a different at the player but if you do it to the crowd it's fine but this goes to show the power of texas as a brand but now they're leaving the big 12 so maybe that rule comes back
3: Hmm.
0: forks down either way anthony garvert up next Plum, do you think mel tucker will produce a first round pick during his time at msu and if so what position group will it come from if he doesn't produce a first-round pick, what position group will send the highest overall pick? I assume these, the answer is the same for both.
2: Uh, he's getting enough four stars. I absolutely will he produce a first-round pick, and it will probably be uh, a tackle, a linebacker, a quarterback. Matt Coughlin's going to go first round when he goes to the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, you got a thought on this? I think you will. I agree. And I think it'll
1: come somewhere from the defensive side of the ball. So give me an end. Give me, uh, you know, someone in the defensive secondary, which is a place that he specializes. So um, that would be my choice. Uh, but I I think Mel Tucker is going to be a successful coach here. And I, I'm starting to think that maybe Mel will be here for a minute.
0: Yeah, I'm starting to kind of come around on that too. Actually, it's it, I'm, that's weird that we both said that. OK, mm-hmm. uh, next up, Jake Matheson. Why does Birmingham have questionable Internet service? Do you guys get this?
1: This is a reference to uh, to boys making announcements online. Right, Jonesy? Yes, indeed. Uh, for those who don't know. Jaden
0: Mangum was supposed to make an announcement as to where he was going to commit to college and then delayed it because his Wi-Fi was out and the AC was out. Uh, that was when he was supposed to commit to West Virginia, was the popular belief, and he had just come back from Spartan Dog Con, um, which people are not fans of that name, uh, and someone suggested uh, Sparty Gras, which I think is better, is better, it's better. yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, so Jaden Mangum was supposed to announce at two p.m. what on Sunday, yeah, and it and it was like three, and we hadn't heard from him yet. So anyway, that's when this question came in. Glad I got to explain that whole joke. All right, Plum. What's this Delta Plus and Lamba variant shit?
1: This is from the Everdeck Jerk Guy, Oh, by yes. Way.
0: Thank you. Uh, we ain't going to be able to be in Spartan Stadium this fall, are we? Get vaccinated, you bastards. Um, I think we all are vaccinated here, but thank you for the reminder, Everdeck Jerk Guy. So, Plum, talk to us about variants. Uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Viruses mutate. This is a thing that they do to survive. It's called natural selection. It's called survival of the fittest. It's called evolution. So variants uh, develop uh, in your body naturally. Uh, here's the thing: all viruses, just like your, chrom- you're like your cells in your body, are constantly mutating. Right? Um, mutations that are weak are immediate; they die. Right? Your body's immune. In the case of a virus, your immune system eats them up immediately. Um, but every once in a while, because you know, lotteries. Uh, some mutations are really, really successful and those mutations evade the body. they are they evade the immune system. in some cases they could evade um, your strengthened immune system if you've already gotten the vaccine and uh, and so when those mutations take place, uh, if they have a very weak host, for example, a person that's chronically ill or very sick, unvaccinated even, um, they are able to start to um, replicate and in a small population or a large population of again folks who are unvaccinated or folks who are, living recklessly, those, um, that virus, which is mutated a little bit, can start to spread. That successful vaccine may then, in a new body, get killed very quickly. Um, but as it was replicating, it also is mutated. And so each time they mutate, they grow smarter, they grow stronger, and the smartest and strongest ones continue to survive. So that's what's happening. And that happens to all viruses all the time. This is why every year when you get the flu vaccine, we're guessing, Um, We look at the history, we look at the science of how vaccines have mutated in the past, or how um, the flu virus has mutated in the past, and we sort of make a guess. Are you getting H1N1? Are you getting H6N5? Are you getting whatever one we think is going to be prolific this year? The good news is, just like we see with the um, coronavirus, uh, the the COVID vaccines that we have available to us, even though oftentimes when you get the flu vaccine, um, people are like, I got the vaccine, but I still got the flu. You might have, but you got a very attenuated version of the flu. You probably didn't get as sick as you would have if you hadn't been vaccinated at all because it was still preparing your body to respond to um, an an influx of infectious uh, viral load but it uh, it wasn't enough um to take care of all of it because it was a different strain because the virus mutated in a different way and a different strain of the or a different variant of the virus is what took case. So we see this in the flu, we see this with the cold, we see this with all kinds of viruses we're seeing it now with COVID. That's not a surprise. This is exactly what coronaviruses do. Um so uh I guess the Del- the Delta plus came out of uh what South Korea I think is that right? And then Oh, God, is Lambda somewhere in South America? I've never heard of Lambda.
1: That's where Delta was originally was South Africa.
2: Um, No, no, South America. Sorry. I think that Lambda is like Peru or Bolivia. I can't remember. So it's, it's, um, they're just more variants, right? And what we know is the Delta variant that we have right now is just incredibly pervasive. It's outwitting a lot of the body's immune system. It's resulting in very serious illness and a lot of death um, for folks who are unvaccinated. But again... We're getting, And so people are like, we're getting these breakthrough cases and we're freaking out because it shows the, vi- the vaccine didn't work. Not at all. Not breakthrough right. cases are always going to happen. I just told you about them when you got the flu vaccine and you still got sick. That's a breakthrough case. And it's because you're, you've strengthened your body to ward off the vast majority of the viral load, but it isn't going to be able to catch all of it because it's changed a little bit and it's able to outwit your system. But your body is still protected. And so when we're seeing these breakthrough cases, we're not seeing... Individuals who are vaccinated in our hospitals, in the emergency department, in the ICU, or in um, quarantine in our hospitals because their bodies have been strengthened by the vaccine. They're not the ones who are being admitted to hospital and dying. Um, Those folks, 99.9% of them are unvaccinated. So, you know, these are concerns, but we knew they were going to happen. We've been talking about it, which is why we were like, and I said this on the pod back in March last or back in April last year, the, the question isn't going to be, when can we get, I didn't think we'd come up with a vaccine this fast. This is insane. I mean, this is truly a miracle, a modern marvel that we have developed vaccines this quickly that they have not turned us into zombies that I don't have a fourth arm growing out of my ass, like, that That we are living a normal life right now wow. is insane. It's never, I mean, this is insane. And people are still like, I'm going to just do the research. I, I just need to just do my research. No, no, I'm, no. just no. It's a pretty good Kirk Cousins impersonation. Thank you. But that's what it is, folks. I mean, that that's literally what it is. And and the fact that we got these vaccines as fast as we did, I assumed we'd have so many more variants before we even had vaccines and that the vaccines we developed would be a day late and a dollar short because the, va- the variants would have taken over. The truth is, if the Delta variant had come up sooner before we had vaccines, this would be a different world we'd be living in. We would be living in a very scary place right now.
0: That's an upper. Uh, so... Spartan Stadium this fall. Yes.
2: Yeah. Woo! Go team.
0: I think Whitmer's already said she's not going to
2: stop it. They're not going to do it. They're not going to stop it. And I'm telling you at this point, you know, folks, you are taking your life and the lives of your loved ones in your hands. If you're not getting vaccinated, please go get vaccinated. Please tell your family and friends. Please tell your neighbors. It is so important to their life to get vaccinated and not just their lives, but the lives of people you love.
0: All right. If we run out of Greek letters to name variants, do they think they'll, do? you think they'll start using real names as they do with hurricanes? Is the Slenderman an option?
2: Oh, my God. I got the Hurricane
0: correct
1: variant Plum. last
2: week, you guys.
1: Hurricane Plum just hit the podcast there. Oh um uh, <laughs> uh, Last up from a protector guy. Is Tuck coming, Jonesy?
0: <laughs> Tuck's coming
3: yeah
1: can you um, explain that to people that might not be fully entrenched in msu twitter oh walk us through every element of it
0: i don't know that there's that many elements uh it's just a it's a thing that people say when it's when a tucker thing. lands a, a, a big recruit Tuck's coming uh and uh and oftentimes it's accompanied with a, a picture of tuck uh smoking a cigar like a total badass Which, you know, I go back and forth on the public health decisions of that picture. But he does look badass. That's true. So Tuck's coming. He's coming hard. Uh, Plum, you wrote a bit uh, of something that you wanted to sign the pot off with.
1: Well, are we ready to sign off our 100th episode? Okay. All right. All right. I think we should navel gaze for a moment. Okay. Okay. Should I go Uh, grab another
0: drink or? No. Okay. No,
1: this isn't one of those. (laughs) Uh I just wanted to say, Jonesy, to you that you quit the pod. (laughs) That I'm very appreciative for the amount of work that you put into this podcast. And uh I credit you for coming up with this idea. And I had no idea what would have become of it uh when we got started. You know, the number of people that just asked us questions, the the little inside jokes that have happened. Um those those are all really fun and unexpected things um that we I found myself enjoying. And I don't I don't have to hate my role in MSU Media out loud uh, on my radio show or in my <laughs> writing. Um because it's it's a lot of fun to do this with you. And and Plum, uh I know you came aboard for the COVID stuff and you just showed us why here. And then left. Um, yeah. Uh but when you can be bothered to be on the podcast. Uh, I do truly, truly appreciate that. So, um, it's been a lot of fun for these 100 episodes and, and I really appreciate it.
0: No, I, I, I think that's incredibly well said. Um, and, uh, don't let Kevin fool you. We, I gave him a hard time, but, uh, he does the technical work on this and, um,
1: Oh, they all know from two (laughs) weeks ago.
0: They all know. (laughs) But, uh, no, it's, um, ah, wow. This has been, it's two seasons now. Don't
1: we start season three of the we podcast are about technically? To start season three? Yeah. We start season three with kickoff. Uh, so I don't know. This is, um,
0: and for it to have included COVID, I, you know, um, it's, it's weird that we've, we've both simultaneously, um, had a show survive, uh, a weird sports season. But, to your point, Kevin, I think what's made it great is it gave the people who listen to this podcast and us a community that we didn't have before mm. and um and it it made all the difference for me, uh, both being able to spend time with the two of you and frankly, the weird number of people who listen to our podcast that we don't even know about and those who participate regularly via Twitter questions, like thank God for all of you because it 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 made uh, we've made it a hundred episodes and even when it's late and you don't really feel like recording anymore or don't necessarily have all the energy. Like I always walk away and say that was fun and I'm glad I did that. So that's what I'll contribute to what was otherwise best said by Kevin.
2: Which means Plum has nothing to add. Do you want to say something, Plum? I couldn't top that if I tried. This is a, I will just acknowledge that this is definitely your baby and although I have tried to abort it and strangle it and suffocate it many times with my shenanigans and
3: <laughs>
2: s- swear words. and We're trying involved. to grow the pot. Lack of decorum <laughs> as evidenced. Uh, it has been a true joy to uh, drink with you generally on Sunday evenings and uh, to celebrate the school that has given us such a a strong identity and an affinity for one another and for, um True I don't know, the finer parts of life. So thank you both for the invitation to get on this thing and for um, keeping me grounded. You guys are great. Uh Cheers to that.
0: And uh do you want to read your limerick now, Plum?
3: Ooh,
2: I have a limerick. <clears throat> for a good pod, Spartan fans have very long lusted till some dudes with some cred Made one trusted. They've been on long enough, talking Spartan sports, all that stuff. This is Can't Read, Can't Write, episode 100. Cheers.
3: Gentlemen, go
0: green. Go white, boys.
3: Go
1: white, Michael Jones and Alex Blum. I thought you were going to leave Alex off. (laughs) (laughs) I thought about it.
3: I considered it.
1: I wanted to. I wish we committed to it. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs>